What is up, best friends? Welcome back to E3 Day 53. I'm oh here God. with Feels Tim like Gaddies. <laughs> How's it going, man? Fantastic. Oh, we were yeah. just talking before the show that we're actually feeling good. Yeah. I'm like, energized. I didn't get enough sleep. You? It doesn't feel like a Friday. Or maybe it does feel like a Friday. Yeah. It's summer, baby. Woo. I think that's what it is. Just Fran, regardless. Fran Friday. It's Fran Friday. That's right. FM3 Fridays. Good reminder. Even I forget sometimes. Uh, if you don't know, you're watching Kind of Funny Games Daily, where you can watch the nerdy news you need to know about every weekday at 10 a.m. Pacific time, live right here on Twitch TV slash Kind of Funny Games. Of course, Tim, you know, mm-hmm. if they don't watch live, they can catch it on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games. So many options. Right? What about Bruce the podcast YouTube. services? Com, podcast services. Where? Around, Around the, globe. the globe. That's it. And That's what do it. they search yes. for? It's kind of funny games daily. That's we make it. it so easy for you. Wow. So easy. And wow. by the way, if you want to be a part of the show, you can one, if you're watching live, let us know if we get anything wrong. Head over to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. Tell us live if we mixed anything up and we will set the story straight. You can also be a part of the show if you head over to patreon.com slash games. Bronze members and above get to write in and silver members, silver members, silver, silver members. members or above get the show Ad free. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Today's show is going to be a big one. We got like five stories. We'll get into that in a second. But we got some Xbox Next news. We've Woo. got some uh, threw in some Elden Ring news that just okay. came in. Maybe okay. some Switch mini cases oh, in the wild. There's there's actually good stuff for a Friday. I'm excited. But first, let's do a little bit of housekeeping. This one is important to me. Guardian Con is coming up. Started off as Destiny Con, which many of you may know about four or so years ago. And now we're on to Guardian Con, which is happening in Orlando, July 5th and 6th. I understand RTX is also happening around that. It right, is. We're gonna be we're gonna be down in Tejas. There you go. So RTX will be happening, but also this, but more importantly, Guardian Con has for a month been doing charity streams for St. Jude. I was part of one just the other day with and the Destiny community. if you missed community. that, ladies and gentlemen, find the clip out of Fran <laughs> singing Old Time Road. That's right. Road. I did sing Old Town Road at the beginning for, uh, basically I showed up on a pre-production call. They were like, yo, okay, we're going to do the, the charity. We've got some ideas. And there's a few things on there. One was... Crew sings Old Town Road, which they quickly changed to Fran sings Old Town Road. And then they had on for a while, Fran rocks a mullet, like a real mullet. And that was for like $5,000. I was like, what is going on, guys? Like, I no, I'm not ready for that. I ain't ready for that. I told him I'd wear a wig. for the big, beautiful kids, Fran. Anyway, Andrew Renee is streaming tonight. It's Friday, and it's at 5 to 9 p.m. Pacific time for What's Good Games, but it is for charity. So most importantly, get in there, help out the kids, and help out Cancer Research and St. Jude's College. Twitch.tv slash GuardianCon. We'll also be hosting it here on Twitch.tv slash Games. Awesome. Thank you to our Patreon producers, of course, for helping make this possible. Daniel Massey, Blackjack, Colton Yoder, and Muhammad Muhammad. Now, today we're brought to you by Grubhub. Grub? Let's try that again. Today we're brought to you by Grubhub, Brooklinen, and Quip. But we'll tell you more about that Later. For now, let's begin with what is and forever will be the Roper Report. It's time for some news. We have five stories today, Barrett. A baker's dozen. I'm excited. All right, let's get right into it. Mm-hmm. There's only one next-gen Xbox in development, according to this rumor. There's been a lot of chatter about multiple Xboxes. The Xbox One S, we know. We know Scarlet. The One X, there's a Scarlet, the there's other a Lockheed, one. <laughs> I think, and all kinds of code names. Um, this report was way of Colin Stevens at IGN, uh, which came way of an interview with Business Insider. So it says, though reports over the course of the last year indicated Microsoft was working on two next generation consoles, a new interview and rumors suggest the company has decided to make its next console codenamed Project Scarlet a single device. In an interview with Business Insider, Xbox head Phil Spencer responded to a question um, about him referring to the next generation of Xbox as multiple consoles during last year's E3 in 2018, saying, last year we said consoles, and we've shipped a console, and we've now detailed another console. I think that's plural, because last year he was getting grilled a little bit for saying there was a quote that came up then, I believe, that he used the term consoles when talking about them working on what's next. And on top of that, there was all of the leaked backside information of there being two different consoles. Yeah. So what do you make of this, Tim? Uh, do, you, do you believe that they had multiple consoles in development for now? They just want to focus on marketing one? I mean, what's the story? I believe here? that that is the case, that they're, that they're definitely working on more than one thing. I think that they're going to be focusing on the one powerful one because they don't want to mix the messages uh, going forward, especially getting into um, next-gen 
early next-gen talks where it is Xbox versus PlayStation. Xbox can't lose the yeah. forefront of people thinking about next-gen. And I think putting out the idea and presenting the idea of, oh, yeah, there's also a stream box, I don't think it's there yet. They, the proof's in the pudding. I feel like they need to get out, yeah. have the, the dominant powerhouse console, and then at some point be like, oh, there's also Talk this. Talk about the other yeah. stuff. That was my thinking, too, is that, um, so the original quote was this, in last year's E3 Microsoft press conference at 2018, um, I believe, so yeah, Spencer seemingly referred to its next-gen consoles in the plural, and here's the quote, deep into architecting the next Xbox consoles, where we will once again deliver our commitment to set the benchmark for console gaming. And so, yeah, I don't read that as, oh, well, he was just referring to the Xbox One S all digital edition, as well as their next-gen yeah. effort, right? Could have been, though. Could have been. The thing with Phil Spencer, um, and I think specifically this generation, like I mean, he hasn't been around in, yeah. like, publicly this way Yeah, for this that is long. most face forward on Xbox. Um, yeah. He is definitely kind of a straight shooter when it comes to this. Like, yeah. I don't think that like, when he messes something up, he'll explain what he meant in the next interview. So I think him say like, right now we're focused on this Project Scarlet and what we put on stage, it's like that's the truth. Yeah, you know, like they are looking at this one console for next gen, but they did put out another piece of hardware that was different, something that we haven't seen before in in games with yeah. this the SAD edition, exactly, or Sade edition if you've yeah. been watching the show. Um, now, so part of where this comes from is Microsoft's current history doing the Xbox One S and the Xbox One X, and it seems to be a fairly successful strategy for them. But there were rumors and code names. The more powerful console was supposedly or is supposedly codenamed Anaconda. The less powerful one codenamed Lockhart. It seems like now Scarlet, again, these were all rumors. Mm -hmm. We can't be sure. Both were under the Project Scarlet umbrella. Yes. And they came out at this year's E3 and they said, it's Scarlet, doesn't mm -hmm. have a name yet, and it's holiday 2020. And what I personally think is this was accurate. I think they're absolutely researching the target market 2020. They're also thinking, how do we go even bigger? Like, if high-end is still a thing, let's be ready to do the Xbox One X version. Like, in other words, I don't believe Holiday 2020 is their Xbox One X for the next gen. That's a very expensive strategy. Yes, it will be very packed with tech, but I don't believe that it's the same strategy as an Xbox One X. Oh, I yeah. disagree. And I know you're thinking yeah, that. That's no, why I, I brought it up. I think it's going to be because I feel like they... For, to differentiate themselves right now uh, with the next gen with PlayStation, they need to be able to out the bat be get, be like, I we are the strongest console. Like, sure. We are the best way to yeah, play. Yeah, and I'm not saying that it won't, who knows? Actually, PlayStation or Xbox, depending on release timing, one of them is going to be more powerful. But I feel like it's going to be a, a real goal of Xbox to beat PlayStation oh, there. Absolutely. In a way that I don't think PlayStation, I mean, of course, they're going to want to be better, but uh, like, yeah. I, I think that they, they're going to just be able to fall back on first party titles, baby. They're both working with AMD. They're both going to have Radeon, ray tracing. They're both having SSD. So holiday 2020 is Microsoft's target. What I will say about this is price is king. And so again, all I mean by this is absolutely when next gen comes out, it always needs to be as cutting edge as possible, but for the right price. And people don't want to come out at $499 and they don't want to come out at $599. They want to do their best. Um, and so I, I just really think pricing is going to be a strategy and that in other words, it's Xbox One X was a very high-end strategy, specifically in its where it, you know, landed. I mean, that's I think also you'll see years them, into its life exactly, cycle. which allowed them to do that at that price point. So I, I would stand by that price point is king, and they they probably want to target three ninety nine or yeah. four. You know what I mean? So you're probably going to see a little bit of give and take there. I think that we're still so early in understanding what X Cloud and uh, yeah. Xbox Game Pass, and then working in tandem Xbox Ultimate, all that stuff. Yeah, or how your Xbox like. One comes forward into this strategy. Exactly. I think that that stuff is really going to shine a lot of light on yeah. what this is actually going to look like when they come out. And I feel like that's going to allow a $500 price point for yeah. this thing where they're able to say, well, you, if you don't want to do all that, you, you can still just use your Xbox One right, X or whatever it is yeah. that, that people assume. Yeah, and I should say I'm, I'm using today's price point to speculate. Like, honestly, $500 for a new next-gen console when you have streaming services and other solutions out there is not like unfathomable. In fact, I don't, what was the PlayStation five launch price? I'm trying to remember. I mean, four, <laughs> I'm already it was 400. A, was it 399? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, exactly. It, it going 500 for a console drop is crazy. Yeah. But like, there's and something to the prestige of it though. I agree with like, you. Where Cause the, that's where this it's is all in the marketing. I mean, like it's worth 500 because it is the yeah. most powerful console in existence. Yeah. People will buy. Yeah. And they I did. Know, look, I know. I will. Look at the X. Yeah. But I don't know, like, 
wasn't that PlayStation's thought with the PlayStation Three though? Yeah, like, I know the, 600 was sure. I mean, was but the difference there was that well. was 600. That was insane. The games weren't there. Sony didn't have it yeah. the first per, yeah, first party lineup the that they do simulator. now. And more than that, they it wasn't a supercomputer. It had the cell processor yeah. that made it super hard to develop for. Whereas this is like this is the best play to, best place to play all the games because all the games are compatible because yeah. they're all built it, for this. Yeah. It could go either way. I guess my point, whether it's four or five hundred, that's still for the tech that's going to be in there is still cheap Mm -hmm. for the the, what they're shooting for. So either way, it's going to be you know pricey. But meaning, I do see them. They already have it in the backlog of like the Xbox Next X, whatever that is. There's certainly a bigger shot for. I don't know. 2022. I don't know. Yeah, at earliest, maybe they'll go out earlier with it though. I guess we'll see, but. I'm excited about the next. I, I think that the the launch, the next launch Xbox is going to be a beast. Mm-hmm. Like, and that's going to be the talking point about it. I think that like the price point will be higher than. Yeah, you sound like you're than, pretty sure what we expect. Going to be more powerful than because PlayStation, I, but I think they're both. Yeah, gonna I be think I think that they have focused to be, on power. Man. Yeah. Like Xbox One X is owning that conversation right now where they can say we have the most powerful console in that, existence. That's why I like where we're headed with the next gen uh, wars because. If you're putting something in your home, it's going to be all about the high end. Like, it means you do care about the SSD and you do care about ray tracing and all this other stuff. And um, and that it's going toe-to-toe with PlayStation and the hardware is roughly the same. And, like, that's a really nice place to be because they're going to be really close. It's mm-hmm. good for the games, but it means they're going to they're gonna take risks, like you're saying. And so they might pack in a ton just to say, just to we're say the most powerful, all we're going to take the cup. But That's what I'm saying. Is well, I think Xbox will take yeah. that extra step just to be able to say, nah, yeah. we're better. Yeah, and possibly if Microsoft's willing to go back to that model, and the reason I say that is too often in this next-gen race, people have shot themselves in the foot by making it too powerful, too expensive, Coming too complicated, out too early, too early, too late. Like there's been there's and, so such yeah, balance to it all. Exactly, and then you know you realize it's like oh wait, people did just want an affordable model because we see how the Switch sells amazingly at its price point for what it does, and it proves that power isn't everything. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you know and that's why really I think the X Cloud factor is is huge here. It is, but that man, I played X Cloud. I don't know if you got a chance at E three, and like we're just it, that that's great for my phone. It's not great for my TV at all right now, as far as I can tell. You're going to pay $500, though. Not for xCloud? No, 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 I get it. Yeah, I'm playing that that to not do xCloud. That's my point, is you are going to do that. There are millions of people out there that are like, ah, it's fine. Yeah, no, and that's true. I'd rather pay whatever the subscription fee is, and I'm in the Xbox ecosystem, right? And I'm sure Xbox is like, we don't care. Do whatever you want, yeah. as long as you're paying us. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I, I'm still very curious to see where next-gen games go as part of an xCloud ecosystem and what they offer compared to what the console offers. Mm-hmm. Obviously, load times are not going to be the same, but the, even the ray tracing, is I question um, if it's really going to look the same as the console we're talking about. But anyway. I don't think that it will. I don't think it needs to Exactly. Either. I think it's going to look like maybe an Xbox One game compressed today. And uh, I got to tell you, I've played some of that on Stadia and xCloud and people are going to be, that's the thing that will surprise most people when they play on their TV. It's it doesn't enough. look bad. It's good enough. Not for me. Not for you. Not for me. I get it. Let's we're going to buy the consoles, friend. <laughs> yeah, totally. And I'm not knocking. It's amazing where cloud technology is going. I was amazed by both xCloud and Stadia in the shape that they're in today. I can't believe that the future is now in that sense. But man, seeing compressed gameplay is a whole new world. Just like old school Netflix where you're like, when can I get 4K? When can I get like a good compression rate? My internet sucks, blah, blah, blah. So let's move on to the next story. Speaking of next gen, Hail Infinite, we know it's coming to the next gen console at holiday 2020 along with uh, Xbox One as well. But the Halo Infinite beta is coming to the Xbox One first. Split screen is already up and running and there's more Eddie McCoo over at GameSpot. Uh, I got this story from over there. Developer 343 Industries shared some new details on Halo Infinite and uh, there's a lot in its blog so you can go check that out. And uh, a few of the things they said, there's split screen features already up and running, and that's a big deal because Halo 5 dropped split screen in a move to upset. Uh, A lot of fans were super upset by that, right? And then we go land, though. It's going to support land, Fran. (laughs) I'll go back. I'll do it. Let's have a land party over here. Oh, my God. That's going to make party mode so freaking great. You know how how many times we tried doing Master Chief Collection and having to play online and shit just didn't work? Yeah, you just land it up now. Yeah. Hell yeah. Just all you need is some long cables. Man, it's old school. 
Uh, so that's a big deal. And uh, let's see, also in here, what do they say? So they also announced that beta test for Halo Infinite, known as Flights, will take place first on Xbox and then PC. The testing periods will start small and then slowly expand up until the game's release in holiday 2020. Uh, this is also a quote from 343. Flighting may come a little bit later for PC players, but we're treating it as a first-class citizen. So it doesn't seem like their intent is to not co-release the beta, but their their Xbox comes first. I have obviously. some questions here. Mm-hmm. How? How what? How is it going to come to Xbox first? Well, because it's designed for Xbox One as well. Halo is that what you? Yeah, it is for both. Remember? Yeah, maybe because of the announcement at E3, your brain is. It's coming to both consoles, right? It's a Xbox One and Xbox Next. It's just like uh, Twilight Princess, right? Yeah. yeah. Where did they both. confirm this? Uh, it's always been confirmed for Xbox One when it was originally announced. So that's, that is an interesting point. So yes, I'm inferring based on, I don't know if they exclusively year, clarified. They're like the Xbox ecosystem. It's just, you know, it, it's Xbox. You yeah. can play it. Whatever you can play, you can the, be able to play But like... In the same way that they shied away from talking about the multiple consoles and stuff, I feel like they didn't bring that up. And no, like they it, did talk they about it being it a next-gen title. Focused on holiday 20, but that's because it was their focus. But So it, that, is that two SKUs? It's planned for, uh, yeah, it's, it's two SKUs, absolutely. So you have, yeah? yeah, it's just like Twilight Princess was, where you just have a cross-gen. It's interesting because this shows me they did a really good job of focusing the messaging on next-gen, holiday 2020, Get Halo Infinite with ray tracing and all this other stuff, but like it's been coming to Xbox since day one, and they've always said that. And so, um, you know, I'll double check. I, mean, wrong, I don't know that they trust have. me. It, they have like literally. There's, I, I, they did say the thing about the games being able to be played everywhere, but it's like when it would, in time on Halo Infinite, yeah. they never said it's going to be on all Xbox systems. They always said it was on Xbox One, but here I'm going to Xbox.com and Halo Infinite for Xbox One and Windows 10, literally on Xbox.com. So it's okay. for Xbox One yeah. Enhanced, it's Windows. It's interesting because, again, from a marketing perspective, they just did a good job of saying this is next gen. And that's what we're all looking forward to. But the reality is, just like you were just pointing out in the last story, Tim, you can play it on xCloud. And that's my question. Is xCloud going to look more like Xbox One or more like Xbox uh, next, whatever, Scarlet. You know, I should keep calling it Scarlet instead of Next because I might confuse folks. So anyway, Halo, uh, 343 also additionally teased Halo Infinite's armor customizations, saying if you like the level of armor customization in Halo Reach, you will be pleased with Halo Infinite. So on top of that, 343 also confirmed that those who reach the highest level in Halo 5, SR-152, will receive a token of appreciation in Halo Infinite. So get grinding. You've got time to do it if you are not SR-152. I don't know what it takes to get there, Tim. Do you have any idea? I'm not, uh, I'm not a Halo 5 grinder, so I'm not really sure. No. Um, and lastly, 343 has stated um, that it has an internal team of professional gamers testing Halo Infinite's multiplayer. And on the story side, they reaffirmed that Halo Infinite's story begins, quote, sometime after the end of Halo 5. Again, mm -hmm. Halo Infinite set to release holiday 2020. We don't know the exacts for Project Scarlet. For Windows 10, for Xbox One, yeah. for xCloud probably. I haven't seen it exclusively talked about for xCloud, but obviously, you know, that's what they've said about xCloud. You just port the game, whether it's a Windows game or an Xbox game, and boom, it's up and running. And that's the power, seemingly, of xCloud. It's really easy to cut and paste that folder. See, like, Tim, this is blowing your mind about it's Halo, blowing, isn't it's, it? It's blowing my mind. You I, look you're at right. It. No, I see it. You'd but, <laughs> but here's my thing. I don't believe there are multiple SKUs, though. What do you mean they have to be multiple SKUs because you you have to buy either or? So what do you mean by multiple SKUs? So if what a different like, number of oh. in the store, one is Xbox One and one is Xbox. See, Scarlet. but I wouldn't be surprised if it was just a it's double Halo disc? Infinite one disc in the same way that the, you can Man. play the game on Xbox One or Xbox One X and it's enhanced. Man, your vision of oh, the future is very different. Bad, that's not a bad point, Tim. Th okay, but wait, 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 wait. That? that's not a bad point though. It's not a bad like, point. That's a bad point, Tim. No, and I was no, like, damn. It's no. not a bad point. Like, let's just assume that they put all the same textures and load them, everything onto the same disc. But by the way, you're going to have to duplicate, I guess, because one is your Xbox One version. And no, one but in the same way the Xbox One X doesn't work that way, or PS4 Pro. Yeah, because yeah, that's, like, that's a little like, different, but though. Why is it different? Like, that's because my thing. Like, if it's also on xCloud, it's also everywhere. 
I'm I'm just speculating the amount yeah. of 4K textures. I'm not saying it's not 4K on Xbox One, but like the quality of textures. That's, I assume dude, you're that's loading messy in. ass messaging for what they're trying to go towards right now. Of like, okay, yeah, you can get this game, you and they're like, right. it's the same game that's on all things. That's not the one ecosystem. That's still multiple. So as consoles. we move forward, um, let's just say that they they convert already to this strategy. You, is that what you expect in stores as well? Meaning Ori comes out in like February or something. But if it's coming out again, is they just uh, they get rid of the old skew and just start selling a new box that's I imagine for both? it's the same box. And that's what happens? Same box and you put the box in and it, you, maybe there's a patch that gives it higher resonance. Oh, you think you just, just like pop Xbox. in the old Ori like, and it gets an Xbox? That's possible on yeah, that front. Because like the Xbox One X does that now, right? Yeah. The enhanced for X yeah. program that they, they add mm-hmm. to old games. Like they just added Master Chief Collection. Yeah, they're patching X stuff. X stuff years later. That's okay. That's a weird use case. Yes, I think that's one way. But my point was, at some point, like you have box art that matches the system you're on, and like you gotta have, like skew is the box. But that's you going forward. Like you can you can do that. If the games that are coming out this year, it's like okay, cool. Ori's like an example of that. But but in other words, skew is right. Year. It's the number. It's the box. If I say, you're saying there might only be one, so which yeah. is it? Is it going to be an Xbox One box or is For it going to be a Scarlet it's an, box? It's going to be a Scarlet box. Which, right. By the so way, getting rid we don't of know Xbox the name one of it. Box. I think it could just be called Xbox, and then yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. You know, X. Gonna Whatever give it, it to is, you. Give, it, give it to me all over the place. Um, Very interesting. interesting. Shit. And I this love is the thing is like, there's so this is what I'm talking about. Like, we need some light shined on what this actually all looks like. Just tweet it, P3, dude. We've talked about the backwards compatibility. There's a lot of talk of forwards compatibility, and I think that that's where this this falls in marketing. If they need to be really clear, and I think that the message is going to be: doesn't matter where you play it. If you want I, the best place, you need to buy the console. Otherwise, there's X Cloud. Otherwise, there's your old Xbox One. Yeah. Interesting. Um, and you might be right from a pricing strategy that they say, look, if you buy it, you get a free. And that's where maybe you're making a lot of sense. It's like if you bought it, doesn't matter where. Let's say you bought it on Xbox One. Don't worry, because when you get the next one, you can just install your patch. You don't have to buy like a new yeah. version, which, which I agree with. It's a nuance that we don't have to think about as much. So either way. Exciting news and awesome that 343 had more to share. Definitely check their blog because I'm sure there's more stuff in there. Next story, very near and dear to my heart, Anthem is back in the news. It's funny it can't stay out of the news since it released, and I think that's been both good and bad for, bad. What's for it, EA. What is it today? I, I, no, no, bad, no press is bad press, right? Well, yeah, yeah, yeah I think not, a lot of times Here it we is. are mentioning Anthem, and it's fell out of but people's what, what minds. Is, is it good news or is it bad news, Fran? You Anthem want to read isn't the working well, says got EA. It, got it, cool, cool. That's my point. Still good news because it. Here's why on the top of people's minds. And look, but let's get into it first, and then I, I feel like I sound defensive for Anthem. I gave Anthem a six point eight out of ten. I said it had potential. That was my own personal review of it, and uh, I like Anthem. But man, it's been a thin experience post launch. So let's talk about that. EA CEO Andrew Wilson has admitted that Anthem's ambition to bring story focused gaming and looter shooter mechanics is not working very well. Was the quote. But he vows that the publisher will stand by both the game and the developer Bioware in hopes of improving Anthem's fortunes. Talking to Games Daily, sorry, talking to GameDaily.biz, Wilson said of the two-player demographics Anthem attempted to bring together. This is the quote. One was traditional Bioware story-driven content, and the other was this action-adventure type content. About the 30 or 40-hour mark, they had really come together they really uh, had to come together. They really, yeah. About the 30 or 40 hour mark, they really had to come together and start working on, in on the Elder game. At that point, everyone kind of went, oh, hang on a minute. Now the calculation is off. What are you talking about? So he's, he's saying that basically we played through the story and all of a sudden you're in the end game and you're like, wait a second, m- melding the story with this action adventure looter shooter is like, at odds, seemingly is what he's saying. Hang on, our calculation that you're just going to seamlessly swing into a looter shooter maybe isn't working, taking Bioware's you know, story-driven kind of method. I, I felt that too. It was like jolting in the middle of the story even. It was like trying to force me to be a looter shooter. I was like, which game is this? Quote continues, the promise was we can play together and that's not working very well, he admitted, explaining that, explaining that some players were expecting 100 hours of story while others were hoping for an advancement on games like Destiny. But while Wilson recognizes that Anthem has had a poor start in life, he's not ready for EA to give up on it yet. He quotes, I feel like the team is really going to get there and with something special and something great because they've demonstrated that they can. 
If we believed that at the very core, the world wasn't compelling people, if we believed at the very core that the characters weren't compelling for people, or the javelin suits weren't compelling, or traversing the world and participating in the world Say wasn't compelling. Say it one more time. Compelling. Say it one more time. Oh, there it is, baby. Compelling. He's a CEO. He's selling. Then, uh, or in the world wasn't compelling, then provided we hadn't made promises to our players, we might not invest further. So he's just really driving home the point they believe in the world, and he's frankly just yeah, giving Bioware the support that they need. Um, and that, that was most of the story. You can check out more there. Uh, well, let's read this last quote. The teams at Bioware will continue to come to work every day and listen to their players, old and new, and seek to deliver on promises they've made to those players. That's what you're seeing with Anthem today, said Wilson. My personal note here, we know the Cataclysm has been on its way. This is their big event, a raid-like event. They did a real-time event test during the beta that has never happened where they changed the sky and a storm was happening. That's their flick of the switch tech that, frankly, Anthem was always based on. It goes all the way back to the Kotaku report that said it started, actually. Anthem was the idea of you and me setting out on a quest from A to Z. And as we go there and come back, all of a sudden things change and get difficult in the middle. And that was about that journey. And so, again, the world's supposed to, like, flip. And that was what it was based on. It's strange. We've never seen that. It seems like they've been really trying to nail that tech. And I, th I feel like that's what Cataclysm and the next big test for Anthem is. Like, one, can they do that? And two... Can we actually get things to like chase and do in the world? There's just not enough enemies to fight, not enough events and, and all that. But Tim, what's your take uh, on this? I you think know? that this is such a bummer from every angle. Like this <laughs> is compelling. Him, Tim. I don't know that it is like, <laughs> joking, I just feel, Oh yeah. I just feel like, uh, it's a lot of lip service. That's not really going anywhere. And I just, to start with saying, um, about the 30 or 40 hour mark, they really had to come together and start working on the elder game. At that point, everyone kind of went, Oh, hang on a minute. The calculations off. It's like, so it sounded like EA understood going in that they were making two different games that weren't going to serve either audience and were just like, oh shit, 40 I, hours in, it's not working. It kind of just feels like they're like, oh, we thought that, that they'd get tricked along the way and they no, didn't. I, I mean, that's one way to read it. I read it as they were developing a game as you often do and they got to the point where that's finally pulling everything together and they tried it which was probably the end of you know last year, and we're like, yeah, it's like it's not quite working, but this is the game. How do you you would have to delay it another year? I mean, you know what cool. I mean? Cool, do that then. I put agree out, with put you. an actual like a finished 100%. game or a good game. I wish it was delayed a year. Yeah. The bigger problem there though is this like well, you're talking about development time. I'm talking about thirty to four hours into the gameplay. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. yeah, and again though, he's trying to my understanding of this he's saying you tend to play a bioware game as a story-driven experience and they really had that going for a while and it's, frankly it's closer to like 20 you're in the middle of that and then all of a sudden it wants you to do this end game stuff and it feels at odds yeah and it's apparent it is at odds oh yeah 100 percent. that's one of the that's a problem like that is yes. a decision that's, problem somewhere where has, they made a bad decision yes. make a bioware game or make a destiny like game great with you that is what this is up from it has an identity problem it it has a personality problem. Like it tried to bring a lot together and we heard about the decision-making, you know, according to reports at uh, Kotaku from Jason Trier, who had talked to about a dozen or so folks that worked on Anthem. And, and it was a lot of like, you know, we wanted it to maybe be this, like I was talking about, and then it switched. And we Nobody could make a decision until the last minute. And then Casey Hudson came back. Then we talked to Patrick over at Dice and he decided that flying needed to be in the game. And like, that was like last June that I believe it was last May or June, if I recall the story right, that they were like, make sure that flying around is a huge part of the game because that is the amazing part of it, I believe, had come from um, from uh, out of Sweden at the time because they were helping creatively at the top on that. So anyway. We are four months since this game launched. Yes. Full launch. Mm -hmm. And the headline is Anthem isn't working very well. From the CEO who yeah. admits it. Yeah. It's, look, my simple read in the story is, EA is not going to get away from talking about this because the developer, Bioware, continues to patch it, continues to say something's coming. Until they say nothing's coming, I mean, you're going to keep, this is going to be a, a topic. It's going to be a topic for the investors who are like, what's going on? You're spending resources. So, Embarrassing. So, yeah, I mean, you can't get away from it. What I will say is it gives me a little bit of hope. Again, not that I know or even believe at this point that Anthem is on track to turn around in a way that Destiny did in 2014. No no Man's Sky, which, by the way, took over a year, right, mm -hmm. to turn around. But it gives me a little bit of hope because they are sticking with 
a vision. They're leaning into seemingly the stuff that works. And so I don't know how deep they're willing to go because they're busy with what? The next Dragon Age. They're busy with something else probably. Yeah. So uh, I, it does give me a little hope though because it could turn around. We've seen it happen. I'm looking forward still to whatever this next release is. I'm very concerned and, and feel that there won't be enough content still. Like I'm playing Destiny right now, and man, the amount of content is like insane. Uh, Division had an amazing amount of content to launch. It, it Anthem pales in comparison to those experiences from a content perspective. But there's pieces in there that are pretty cool. It sounds so it like, has potential. It sounds stuff. like it, it was two games at odds with itself, yes. and neither of those games were that great. Correct. It sounded like it was a bad so, games of the service you, and a bad Bioware but, game. But just like No Man's Sky and just like Destiny and even Division early launch, if you take the good part, mm-hmm. do you think we can salvage something that's still pretty cool? Despite know, the man. negative at the press is done with it. They're like, forget it. Yeah. Fool me once, done with it. Very hard to get over that hump the way that this thing came I out. think that there's a difference here in that I think no matter what happens, even if they were to fix one side, that's still half the problem. Yeah. Not the whole problem. I and agree. it's like at this point the it, story stuff is done. They're not gonna like turn this into a, a bioware masterpiece. Yeah. Then on the other side of it, the games of the service, sure, they can add cataclysm and like mm-hmm. maybe no man's sky this where it's eventually in a year people are like, Hey, Anthem's not that yeah, bad. In a year. But exactly. in a year we'll get a headline that's hey, Anthem's not that bad. <laughs> From the CEO. <laughs> Anthem is working okay, says he no, that'll be a year from now. But God. anyway, I um I do hope it turns around. Like I do still really like Bioware, but man, they definitely messed up the Anthem launch and it should have, like we all, I think, agree. Took take a year on that, man. The vision for it was cool. Mm-hmm. The the demos were cool. That's why people are pissed. We all believed, just like Bioware did when they cut those vision trailers and stuff. So um, Tim, we got a few more stories. Should we go through those? Do yeah, an ad do it, read man. first? No, let's, let's get into this Switch cooking. thing, man. Let's get into this Switch mini cases are out in the wild in stores. There is no Nintendo Switch mini, though. What is that? It's been a lot of rumors. So this is a story by way of Tom Marks at IGN. It's popped up in a few places, but IGN got a little more information from uh, the retailer where this is coming from. So this week, Chinese online retailer Hansen started listing cases, screen protectors, and other accessories for a system called Nintendo Switch Mini. Presumably, this long-rumored smaller Switch variant that we've been talking about so much on the show, if you've been following along. So it turns out that while these products may eventually be real and purchasable, the Switch Mini product shots shown on the Hansen site are almost certainly not. Again, this is Tom Marks. Um, these listings seem to be based on Hansen's own speculation, according to an email Hansen sent to IGN. A representative, a representative of, is it Hansen or Hansen? I don't know. Repres- I like how you say it. Hansen. Hansen. I'm from Chicago. A representative of Hansen described the Switch Mini as a, quote, long-awaited machine to IGN over email after they inquired about the products, but made it clear that the retailer, quote, can't represent Nintendo and tell all, uh, something was removed from this, when their new machines will release to the market. Yeah, there was a sick in the middle of that quote. They removed something. Um, I'm not sure what that was. I think just tell all when the new machines yeah. is grammatically correct. That's Maybe it. they couldn't hear something. or No, it was an email. Anyway, uh, quote, Hansen is also the same as the majority of players. We expect new and better consoles will be available soon, exclamation mark, Hansen explained. Uh, so while the email was sent and seemed to have translation errors in a few places, that's what this was happening, I think. Um, the obfuscated... Wait, that obfuscated the meaning that somewhat statements like this made it more clear that these listings are likely speculative. So this, again, was just Tom Marks. Did you see these images, Fran? Yeah. There's a mock-up of what looks to be a gray Nintendo Switch. Portable only uh, Nintendo Switch, the non-removable Joy-Cons, all that makes sense. Do I believe that that is true? Yes. Do I believe that the image we saw is real? No. it's interesting because we've seen this happen a million times with iPhones and smart Samsung phones and stuff where it's like the cases will kind of leak um, and show what the form factor of it's going to be. And yeah. those are usually correct because yeah. at some point someone knows something. Yeah. I mean, they have you to start mass producing these things. Yeah. So that's how we, we find out about a lot of that stuff, uh, form factor wise, at least. Yeah. We've seen that happen before on the game side, especially the portable game side um, with, uh, I think even it was the Nintendo the 3ds xl yeah um but this seems a bit early um however i don't know when nintendo would come out with this if they didn't do it at e3 i feel like they're going to want to get it out around pokemon right that's Uh, what i'm thinking so november right? yeah 
So getting in there, it's like this would be the time that these things would start start leaking yeah. around. And I so mean, part of the reason that this uh, let me just finish this quote, yeah, Barry, yeah. and then would love to hear from you. Um, so part of the reason there's a little bit of like question around this still is that Hansen explained that products like this are based on its R and D and design and quote tracking the latest developments in the game industry. Okay, whatever. That's them saying. Well, we're just imagining what's coming. But um, they also said quote. Um, it has told us that Hansen has its own unique insights. Sorry, Hansen said they have their own unique insights, whatever that means, whether they've heard it from other vendors or, so that's the speculation here. They have a fortune teller there. They've heard something. (laughs) So Barrett, what are you thinking? Uh, You you said it seems early, like the 2DS came out two and a half years after the 3DS. So this seems like kind of the- I'm saying early compared to Pokemon. Mm, uh, I'm yeah, talking yeah, yeah. In other months. words, okay, that we're, okay, okay. Yeah. we're this is the right time months, for Switch yeah. Mini to come out yeah, for yeah. sure. Okay, but we're five months away from that happen or whatever that is. Like, like I feel July. like they want to coincide those launches. Yeah, five a bit more, bundle mm. it even. Mm. I mean, they still could. They could do like a holiday bundle. Totally. Yeah. Uh, together. Because so. the thing with Pokemon is that game sells millions of copies yep. and it sells a double because there's two versions and families oh, yeah. want to have multiple copies for kids they're going to need multiple switches this is the perfect time to get a cheaper switch out there for your dumbass little kids with a dumb little fucking thumbs you know what i mean oh my god they're so sticky Tim, you were a kid yeah, once dude. yeah and i had sticky thumbs yeah you know what i mean You're, you remember how like sticky our fucking like game boys were yeah it's gross yeah so that's why give you know give the little brother his Dumbass Nintendo Switch Mini. <laughs> buy him a brand new Switch Mini. Yeah. yeah maybe. All right. Uh, anything else to say on this story, too? I, I mean, it's you exciting think it's coming, stuff. I think, think it's, it's coming. coming. Like I said, I don't think that those mock-ups are real, but no. I think that they're very close to what yeah. it's going to actually like, look like. Andy could have mocked those up. Totally. Like, that's the... Andy could have been like, I'm pretty sure one's coming. And Andy. Here's it. Jesus. And, <laughs> and Andy... Jesus, wow. What a friend, man. Yeah. You All got right, a friend in me. Move on to our last story. This is more of a, I'd say, require, required reading. Um, but over on IGN, Ezra Crab, uh, there was an interview with um, Miyazaki from Elden Ring and Dark Souls, but Elden Ring being the new game, the new trailer was shown. Elden Ring is an evolution of Dark Souls. Apparently, there's a little more information from an interview. I just grabbed a couple quick things from it because it just came in as I was uh, publishing today's show with you. Um, And so, Ezra says, luckily, Miyazaki was not the secretive soul master that uh, they imagined him to be. He was open and friendly and seemed eager to tell me about his new game and the meaning behind the Elden Ring. I love that trailer, man commanded the stars it's so like it's cool writing and style i it i'm excited about it um anyway the quote the first big one is from uh miyazaki who says elden ring is a third person action rpg with a fantasy setting you don't say uh and the quote beyond that is the gameplay is not so far from dark souls that doesn't mean that the gameplay will be identical but you could say that elden ring belongs to the same genre also not a huge surprise, but I think just confirming for Souls fans that, like, look, this is an evolution of Dark Souls is a pretty big deal. So according to Miyazaki, Elden Ring goes beyond simply bringing new twists to the formula. By adding larger and more open environments, he believes that the game will evolve on a larger scale. He quotes, With a larger world, new systems, and action mechanics inevitably Wait. With the new larger world, new systems, and action mechanics inevitably it becomes necessary. In that sense, I think that Elden Ring is a more natural evolution of Dark Souls. Wow. Uh, and so there's a lot more in that article. But uh, Tim, are you at all into this? Did you? I forget if you got into the Sekiro. No, or never anything. been a Souls guy. Yeah. And uh, one day I'm going to give him a shot. I'm sure You'd I'm like it, fall I in love. I, I think Bloodborne is the one that I need to give the shot. You should from, try Bloodborne. From what probably. I've heard. From what I've heard, too. most up my alley. Yeah. Sekiro's cool, though. And um, you know, a lot of people on the show are probably like, what? Yeah, now that you finally played it. Again, I played Demon Souls. I always liked it. I just got too many games on my plate, man. You got like, yeah, you're out there playing Mario Maker. What are you gonna do? Hell Go yeah, back man. and play Bloodborne right you now? Know me. Which I'm if you had to choose, Tim, bitches. what's that? I don't know. <laughs> That's somebody I didn't make it out. But anyway, um, unless there's any other big news, uh, you know, Elden Ring is so far away, it Tim. Is. If I wanted to know what is coming to mom and grop shops today, where would I look? The official list of upcoming software across each and every platform is listed by the Kind of Funny Games Daily Show host each and every weekday. Yeah, maybe. You hate maybe. It. Yeah. You hate it? Yeah. I love I, you, friend. You're I love getting you there. So, you're getting so there. I'm trying. I don't want to do the same thing, but I, I try, you know, I, I just ad lib. You're good. Old Town Road. 
Let's do it. Never forget. All right. Um, all right. Out today. We got Captain Cat on we Xbox. We got Captain Cat. <laughs> meow, baby. The meow. What the fuck is that? Look X- up Captain Cat on Xbox, Xbox One and Switch. And Switch. We got Crash Team Racing Nitro Fuel. Hell yes, we do. On the PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and Switch, I can finally say I've been playing this game all week. Ooh. Oh, man. It is just as good as I remember. Yeah. If you want a kart racer that's actually difficult, doesn't give you all the rubber band bullshit that Mario Kart does, is for the hardcore, some would say. This oh, is the okay. game Ooh. for you. Uh, does it run great on Switch? Yeah, it runs Switch? fine. Uh, the loading is ridiculously unacceptable. Um, yeah. About 30 to 45 seconds before every single race and I'm just like guys please fix this please fix this somehow oh but it controls like a dream friend nice we're looking at a little captain cat trailer there's a a fish hook on screen it's powered by the unity engine it's just all animation right now there's no I'm not seeing any kitties gameplay where's them kitties at oh okay so you're a boat that's called Captain Cat, and you're dropping your hook down. It's a 2D, you know, um, vertical. It's a mobile game. Just 2D call mo- it what yeah, it is. Yeah, a 2D mobile game kind of thing. But you put a little fish hook down, and you go fishing. And you're Captain Cat. See, so you're a cat in you a boat. Wow, man. I understand it What now, will though. they think of next? Collect the stars. All right. Uh, bring Get them- Crash Team Racing. Play it on whatever console you can. It's everywhere. You like it. I yeah. love it. Awesome. So good. Bring Them Home is coming to PS4. Crazy Driver is coming to PC and Mac. Crazy Driver. Ritbone is coming to PC. The Grab Lab is, or Grab Lab is coming to PC. Story of the Green Dragon is coming to PC and Mac. And Data Defense is coming to PC and Mac as well. Uh, so Tim, bef- yes. before we get into reader mail, mm-hmm. actually no, let's do a quick deal of the day. Sorry, I Go almost for it. Deal that. me up. Quick friend. deal of the day. I just saw that. Thank you to Wario sixty four that Celeste is on sale for eleven ninety nine. We talk about it on the show all the time, but man, just 12 bucks for that. One of the best games of all time. Get, Get it, it if it, you man. don't have it. It's so good. And that's on Steam. Uh, so now it is time for Reader Mail, where you can write into patreon.com slash games, where you can get the show ad-free. But speaking of ads, this episode of Kind of Funny Games is brought to you by... Grubhub. Ladies and gentlemen, Grubhub helps you find and order food from wherever you are. How it works is simple. You type in an address and then you get told the restaurants that deliver to you, as well as showing you droves of pickup restaurants near you. If you want to be more specific, you can search by cuisine, restaurant name, or menu item. They filter the results accordingly, and when you find what you're looking for, you can place your order online or by phone free of charge. All week we've been ordering Grubhub to eat here for a little breakfast, a little lunch, a little brunch action. And the winner of the week, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, where you been ordering from, really? It's bacon, bacon. It's making oh its glorious return to us here, okay? We got this bacon, bacon burrito, breakfast God. burrito. It's so good. It smells so good. But all good. week, we, we, we got stuff from the Posh Bagel. We got stuff from Squat and Gobble. We got stuff from um, other places. But bacon, bacon, the only one making it's two-time. Two-time. The two-time. Return here to Kind of Funny Games Daily. Thanks to Grubhub. Three-time. I can Grub do up. curls with this bad boy. This thing is heavy. Here's the thing. Oh my god, it smells so good. What else you got in there? You know what they call these? They call these bacon <laughs> bouquets. I thought it was hash Can't browns, and it's up. a you bouquet. Want, Joey, you want to get on some of that bacon, bacon? Well, I went into the bathroom, and Kevin had eaten the last one, and I was really sad. Oh yeah. yeah take it with you. They're take still it warm. There's, there's more bacon to go around. Oh my god, do you have eggs in there? Tell Nick. Grubhub gives you too. access to your favorite restaurants, reviews, and a 24/7 customer care team that tracks each order and makes sure you get exactly what you want. The company's online and mobile ordering platforms allow diners to order directly from anywhere. Get $10 off your first order of $15 or more by downloading the Grubhub app and using promo code Kinda Funny. That's get $10 off your first order of $15 or more by downloading the Grubhub app and using promo code Kinda Funny. I use Grubhub all the time. Legit. So good? Yep. So good. So easy to use. No wonder it's number one. Uh, Brooklyn, making your home beautiful is the ultimate form of self-care. You spend one-third of your life in sheets. Don't you want them to be insanely comfortable? I know I do, and that's why I use Brooklinen. I sleep in it every day, sometimes twice a day, um, when I can sneak (laughs) in one of them nappy naps. Um, Now... They got a new linen collection with a beautiful assortment of colors. These are luxury linen sheets and robes without the luxury markups. They got 12 beautiful linen colors and patterns to choose from. It's in their name, so you know it's good. Brooklinen's new linen collection is amazing. I couldn't recommend their products more. It's true. If you need to get some presents for some graduates, I know Father's Day was last week, but hey, you probably forgot about it. If you want to get a late gift, 
Go for it. Your dad's going to appreciate some of them sweet, sweet linens. Uh, Brooklinen.com is giving an exclusive offer just to you guys. You can get 10% off and free shipping when you use promo code GAMES at Brooklinen.com. Brooklinen so confident in their products and all of their sheets, comforters, and towels that they come with a lifetime warranty. The only way to get 10% off and free shipping is to use promo code GAMES at Brooklinen.com. That's B-R-O-O-K-L-I-N-E-N.com, promo code GAMES. Brooklinen. These really are the best sheets ever. And finally, shout out to Quip. It's time for spring cleaning. Quip's got an easy way to start with your brushing habits. It's just two minutes twice a day. can help pave the way to a healthier mouth and mind. Now the whole family can get involved because there's a new kid's version. It's kid friendly features like a small brush head, watermelon, anti-cavity toothpaste, and rubber grip rubber grip handle in colors little ones will love. So now the whole family can get involved. It's fun. Um, you guys have heard my, my tragic tale of leaving my Quip in LA. And I want to say that Quip Listen, they actually listened to the oh, ads that man. we had heard about my story, emailed me, and we're like, Tim, I got you. Don't worry. We're going to send you another quip. And I was like, Quip, don't worry yourselves. Your pretty little mouths. Don't worry them, okay? <laughs> I was like, I already ordered. I believe in Quip so much that I already bought another one. Don't even worry about it. And they're like, wow. And I was like, wow. What a guy. And we're all friends now. Um, Greg loves Quip. I love Quip. What do we do here, Barry? I don't know. <laughs> uh, but real talk, we love Quip. Um, yeah. Quip starts at just $25. And if you go to getquip.com slash games right now, you can get your first refill pack for free. That's your first refill pack free at getquip.com slash games. Tell them Tim sent you. I don't know that there's any appropriate way to say that, but if there's a note feel, just do it. <laughs> Back to Reader Bell. Don't even say All it's right. Tim from Kind of Funny. Just say Tim. <laughs> All right, so let's get into uh, some reader mail. We should actually check because uh, there's only a few in there today, but uh, I, I have a few already lined up here. I think we're little, good. little self-serving here. So uh, this one comes from the five-star man. Happy Friday, kind of funny crew. I have a, f- a question for Fran that comes from a comment Tim made to Andrea on yesterday's Games Daily. Tim mentioned that some of the changes being brought to Destiny 2 could be laying the groundwork for Destiny 3. Fran, do you think that Bungie is already working on or planning Destiny 3? Or do you think with Destiny 2 going free to play this year and their talk of seasonal support, will Bungie stick with its current game for the foreseeable future? Thanks for all you do and have a great weekend. Tim, any more? You want to give me a little context on all the context is I was just giving a shout out to. Bungie and Destiny for kind of killing it. Um, And I think that them being free now from Activision kind of allows that we're seeing them make a lot of choices and decisions that are pretty clear they wanted to make before but couldn't under the rule of Activision. And I feel that we are seeing the groundwork being laid for their next project that is probably going to be, you know, taking all of this and expanding on it in a way that is exactly what their vision should have been from the beginning. For sure. Yep. Yeah, and just to catch folks up, if real fast, right, Activision had exclusive publishing rights to Destiny for something like 10 years. Uh, it would have been into 2024. There were supposed to be multiple sequels, according to rumors, and they split up this year, at the beginning of this year. And after that, Bungie, if you've been watching closely, has made some comments in the recent Vidoc. They actually, you could infer it was Activision. They said for, quote, reasons, capital R, um, they couldn't do things like crossplay. And now we see things like that coming very quickly. We also see quick changes with the Eververse store. So it does seem like, you know, we knew there's a lot of cooks in the kitchen, a lot of things happening. And Too many cooks. Anyway, uh, it is really inspiring to see seemingly a very happier Bungie. Less speculation from even folks who myself are informed and be like, Bungie, what are you doing with the store thing? Like, why? But the developer is usually going to get the blame first as much as, you know, Activision is easy to blame for things we weren't liking in Destiny. But it's come a long way. The latest release for the season of Opulence is awesome. So to the question, I love it because I've had very specific theories on what is up with the next big Destiny drop. So what happened was Destiny 2 released in 2017, 2018, a year later, they did Forsaken and it was a complete flip because Destiny 2 was very casual in a lot of ways. It was a little confused at what it needed to be. And um, the fans were really not happy. They weren't happy in PvP. They wanted the transmogs. Yeah, as much as we liked, you know, the raid was solid outside of that. The weapons, the, yeah, we didn't have transmogs, all this. Um, Forsaken did an amazing job. It seemed they turned things around. 
and people have been pretty stoked. And now we've been in seasonal releases. Seasons have been like, okay, the most recent one is quite good with a new six player matchmaking activity. So we've seen a lot of good changes. So it leads us to the next question. We've seen this before in Destiny 1. Taking King came out a year after mm -hmm. the first Destiny. Taking King was really solid. A lot of good improvements. It seems like that second wind is always really good in the sequels, but you know, we went through three years of that and then moved on to the, the Destiny 2. So is Destiny 3 coming? So after this history lesson, I'm getting my answer. I actually do believe there's a big Destiny in the background being planned for maybe holiday 2021. Um, I think that they'll continue with this current strategy. Now, granted, it's getting something new that I've never seen, which is, right, Destiny 2 New Light. So all of the first year of Destiny 2 is free. Destiny Forsaken, you got to add on some of that stuff. But regardless, it's going to open up a huge player base. And then Shadowkeep actually came as a pre-order with Stadia. So that platform is going to open up a lot of new players. So um, the opposing opinion is that there's some players like my co-hosts on Destiny Community Podcast, like Teft and some other folks are like, I think they're going to stick with this for a while. And you're not going to, it's just going to be Destiny, you know, Shadow Keep and then Destiny this and like you'll see a strategy where they kind of just stick to what they're doing and expanding on it versus some like huge new drop. Mm -hmm. So that is what I believe. So I don't know if you, you know, are excited about Destiny at all and its evolution, Tim. It's not I'm really not I think it's very huge for the industry of where Destiny going free to play is a very big deal. You know, and I think that we haven't seen something like this happen uh with them leaving a publisher that major oh, and yeah. like, like making these decisions. Game of this caliber. And plus with the streaming services coming out and like with the focus with Stadia and all. And, and I like how Stadia and Destiny are like buddy, buddy kind of yeah. teaming up there. I think that's going to be very powerful in opening up the player base, opening up the idea of the cross progression and all that yep. stuff. It's going to be cool. Yeah, I'm excited about it. So that's that's what I think. I'm going to say 2021 and more next gen focused new engine. When I talk about a bigger drop, that's what I mean. Not that you can't take what you're doing and do big drops with content. But at some point you need to unhinge the physics engine and kind of get away from what you built in 2014. I don't know if they can keep swapping out pieces. It turns into a Frankenstein otherwise, but mm. that's just my history with gaming. At some point, they tend to do that. All right, let's go to our next question from 2038 Pokemon CEO. Says, the games industry is, quote, new compared to other entertainment industries. How will our industry celebrate the lives of icons as we get older and deaths become more commonplace? We stream music and movies from icons when they pass. We have hashtags full of positive stories, too. The only thing absolute in life is death live life to the fullest onwards to 2038 pokemon CEO. God, I love so you, you're a crazy um, motherfucker what do you what do you think of like are we doing a good job of celebrating you know you know creators I, mean, I feel, I feel that we are getting there um i think that in the last even five years there's been a a surge in celebration of names of people you know like i feel like 10 years ago it was just miyamoto and kojima that people knew, like maybe Ed Boon, maybe a couple things here and there. Yeah. But I feel like we're getting to a point with uh, how prevalent streaming is and how prevalent each company having their own kind of right. format to yeah, be able like to, to speak. It's Corey like Barlog is suddenly a more is, is a name. name, right? And I think that we're, we're getting a, a lot of that with Twitter and with social media. Like um, it was a big deal that when Awada died. Well, and that, that was the thing is that was the first major yeah. death that we saw from somebody that we we're familiar yeah, with very that right. we knew the name Intimate right relationship yeah. and i feel like that death is a perfect example of what you're talking about here of in the same way that people go back and celebrate and listen to the music or watch the movies or whatever of the of uh, people that die mm -hmm. there was this kind of moment of everyone talking about all the quotes he had over the years and uh the games that he worked on like i remember um me and colin did a let's play of um kirby's adventure the mm -hmm. To kind of celebrate oh, and wow. to, to oh for Iwata yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. and you know then like from that we read a lot That's of facts awesome. and like just trivia and stuff about him but like you know like him being so instrumental in Pokemon Gold and Silver's coding of making it all work and all that stuff and it's like I just think that that is a perfect example of unfortunately what's going to start happening more as people die fortunately for celebrating but unfortunately for them dying obviously yeah. um, but I, I think that so you see some things like that are ways to do it. Yeah. And I think that, you know, like I said, that I, I like that we're moving towards a place where we're celebrating the creators and, you know, there's pros and cons to that because I feel like it's easy to associate major projects that were worked on by hundred person teams and giving the credit to one person. Yeah. Um, because the games are different than they were back then when Pokemon was a 12 person team. Right. You know, um, 
We yeah. even haven't said that yeah, though. It's, I, I think it's important. Right. Yeah. I mean, you might've just elegantly answered it, which is like, Hey, we watch movies and we stream music. How are we supposed to do this? And you're like, well, I went back and played his old game. Yeah. That's how you can remember if you know who's attached to it. It's not like when you watch a movie, you, you necessarily know it was Spielberg or not. Like you have to read the credits and maybe our industry needs to do a better job of celebrating those people. But like you said, there's a lot of people creatively that make a game so it's hard i know a lot of creators are like i don't want to be the only name up there and that's why credits are at the very end and they're mm -hmm. in other words it's not Corey barlog's god of war right it's an entire team it's it's not even sony santa monica's it's it's uh, uh it's just the game you know and so go back and play yeah. the game and know who's involved and i think the good news is there's a lot more information online as well that if yeah. you look we now there is more out there and, and on top of that, there's more opportunities for people to speak and, and to, to be public. The Game Awards, like, yeah. I think we're doing a great job of elevating creators. And we saw it a couple years ago when Celeste won a bunch of things. They had the entire team up on stage. Yeah. You know, God of War winning a whole bunch of things. Like, they have, it wasn't just Yeah, celebrate there. people more. Yeah. yeah. But this one is actually near and dear to my heart. And uh, it's a little self-promotion. But I started, uh, I guess it was almost two years ago now, a series called Expert Mode for IGN. And what it was, was sitting down with a creator like Corey. We sat down with him. We sat down with um, uh, Davide director. from Mario and Rabbids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Barrett, you were instrumental on, like, you helped us with Last of Us with Neil. And uh, also the uh, Psychonauts one with, uh, yeah, with uh, Tim Schafer. With Tim, we sat down with um, Jeff Caput on Overwatch. But the point is, I want to see our industry create more stuff like this. I, yes, it's the type of stuff that actually I set out and want to create. And I don't know if I'll find that space. But the point is... I, when a game comes out and it's huge, we need to take a time capsule and put it together. And frankly, I don't think it's done enough. I think there's too many trailers. I think there's too many like gameplay clips. Like all that's great, but can we please sit down with the creative team and do a really nice piece that can live on forever? And I think about, man, I would love to see Miyamoto sitting down with you in 1990, you know, uh, eight or whatever for Ocarina Maybe of Time, an and being like, kid, yeah. and being like, you know, when you cross the bridge, going here, and he's looking at it and talking about it. We don't quite have that. We just have a lot of interviews and like, I want us to have that time capsule. Um, and so that's my dream that, you know, who knows? Hopefully GameSpot we'll has been doing an excellent series. Yeah. That, oh, uh, and Danny Lu O'Dwyer Lucy and James, like that too. Yeah, obviously. Danny, of it's course. It's not that it doesn't happen. Yeah, um, but I, I want to figure out their series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so again, that was self-serving. Is I want to see more of it. It's not that it's not being done at all, but what I'm getting at is publishers, if you're listening, developers, if you're listening, let's, out of the huge marketing budgets for the big games anyway, can we find a little bit to focus on stuff like this? It may not always be, who knows, if it works for marketing or not, but um, I think we need to make a little bit of space for this because I look back and it's very hard to get this access. And a lot of times what happens is you move on to the next thing. Like it's, you have this very brief window with these people and they're on to the next thing, they're in lockdown, you don't even get access and we need to be better about that. Barrett, I just sent something to assets. Can you bring it up real quick? Yeah. In the meantime, you want me to go through some of your wrongs? Uh, no, because I think it, I think he has right here. He but uh, it. it's it's a GameSpot uh, series called Audio Logs, hmm. um, and it, it's very similar to Expert Mode. But it's them sitting and talking to um, creators of these games. Here we have uh, one of the guys from Studio MDHR. Oh, awesome! Um, Cuphead. For Cuphead, and like, look what they're doing here. Um, it's it's amazing. Where it's like he actually is. Oh yeah, he's like John on explaining, marking like, up the screen of how like, hitboxes work and how the like the, the game That's design really and what the what they had to do and like. The bit right there is showing how like there was a bug where um, when when Mugman would land, it was a different animation than Cuphead, which like made the hitbox off. So they had to change everything, and it's very very cool awesome. stuff. Very slick presentation. I think they're doing a great job over there. Oh, check this so, out! So go great. check it out. It's nice cool. Job, game spot. Shout out to Lucy James. But yeah, we need more stuff like it. In other words, right? Just to finish the point, mm -hmm. I want for every major game we have this, not sporadic. Like I just want that. You know, whether it's 10 minutes or an hour, you know, I think we need a couple of those options. But, man, it, it's too far and few in between. Yeah. And I feel like every there time. There needs to be an audience for it, though, Fran. That's the, the other argument there. It's like that those things take a lot of work to be done right. And when they're done and people aren't watching. Yeah, but where do you draw the line anymore. when you get 50,000 views? It's 50,000 people 
what is it? Does it need to be a million? I don't know. Um, I mean, you're you're the the king of the VPH. Exactly. You know? It's like the, the, the funding has Cost to come from wise, somewhere, and that's why yeah, I think what Danny O'Dwyer is doing is so beautiful and amazing because he found an audience that will pay and will support yeah. to get that content, and like he he cracks the code there. You know, right. he, what the that's work the that he started at Gamespot is all all led to what he's doing at NoClip, yes. and there is an audience there that will watch and will support that stuff. And there is, yeah. But you got to put your money where your mouth is. Absolutely. But, the, uh, you know, I guess the point, too, is that you need more of it. Danny can't do every game out there, you mm-hmm. know. And so that's the, I want to see more more access. Maybe that's a better way to put it. Enough of my own self-promotion and what I want to see. It's just I want more access. So when we go to a big developer and say, hey, can we go back to your old game, blah, 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 and we just want to do this piece. And, of course, time is precious. But if within a reasonable amount of time, can we get PR and everyone else to say, yeah, that's cool. Because what happens is they're like, ugh. I don't want you talking to them. They're they're working on the next project, and mm. it's too freaking dangerous. So again, I feel like there's these very small windows that you have to do it, and I'd like to see more of it. Like, yeah, I want to go interview. I want to do that piece with Miyamoto. I want to go back to Ocarina of Time and get it before it's gone. You know, not that he hasn't like talked about Ocarina mm-hmm. a ton, but I'd like to see some really concise pieces. And I'm sure they're out there too. There's there's a lot out there interview wise, and you know maybe I need to search for more on top of it. Uh, okay. Should we move to kind of funny you're wrong? Yeah, you're wrong. Uh, not too much breaking news. Gears 5 to have no season pass and loot boxes. All post-launch maps are free. This comes from Nanobiologist. That's just news, though. We didn't get anything mm-hmm. wrong. No, we're good. Okay. We're perfect human beings, Frank. Wow, this was you a really I, good one. Me and you. We didn't screw anything up. I've been deleting them as, as we go. Yeah. Like, it was a lot of good job. editorializing. There's a, <laughs> you're always going to get that with the best friends, and mm-hmm. that's quite all right. Um, I realize, yeah, I forgot to grab a squad up for today, so let's take a fast look at that. Are you already in there, Tim? I am um, not. You can, I'm looking you can look right for that. I'll talk for a second. You, just letting you know, tomorrow's host is uh, no one, because it's Saturday. Enjoy Whoa. your times. Enjoy your weekends. Enjoy your lives. Go buy Crash Team Racing Nitro Fueled. Play that. Baby. Or play Mario Kart 8, you know. Or play Mario Kart 8. It's either way, you're going to get an excellent kart adventure. Um, but if you want an adventure mode, you can only get that in Crash Team Racing. Mm. So you should, you should but probably. Is do the that. adventure mode really that good? So. It is, dude. Are you planning to play this at all? Maybe. I don't know. You should. And if you do, like, you should play it on PlayStation or Xbox just to not ha- have mm. to deal with the loading issues. Or maybe they're okay. there too. I don't know yet. Um, I've only played the Switch one, but I guess I can't. Like I was thinking about it, and I was thinking about Switch, but I guess I played the Insane Trilogy on PS4 as well. So, if I do play this, I might as well try it on PlayStation 4. Yeah, it's a good game, man. Difficult, right. it's yeah. fun. The boost system's amazing. I'm looking forward to try it sure. out. Maybe I can get a code. Hmm. Um, so yeah, there were no new squad ups. Should I just grab an old one, or or we usually just do a new just ones? Skip it. Okay. I feel bad, but I always encourage people. It's their own fault. They didn't write in. Write in. Get your squad ups in, and we will read them. Until next time. That is it for today's show. Yeah, we're, we got to get out of here. It's Friday. We're feeling good. Bacon mm-hmm. is wafting through the air. What is the next show that's up? Kind of funny screencast with me, Kevin Coelho, and Joey Noel. Be sure to stick around and check that out. And thank you all, best friends. And Tim, it has mm-hmm. been a pleasure. We'll see you next time.